Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life in the Weeds. My name is Alex Ballou, and I am your host. Today is episode number five. We've got Scott Witherow. This guy is a buddy of mine. I've known him for, man, we're going on 15 years now. He was my pastry chef and my garmanger teacher in culinary school back in 07. And the guy owns arguably the best chocolate place in America. He's the only whole bean chocolatier in the southern part of the United States. The guy's awesome. He's got a work ethic like nobody's business. His brain is just wild. And I can't wait for you to listen to this hilarious time that we had. I hope you laugh as much as we did and you have a great time. Please like and subscribe. Welcome to the podcast. This is Scott Witherow. All these old shotgun shell boxes. You know, it's like, man, I gotta make a duck fat caramel packaged in like an antique shotgun shell box. So that's where the market, that's where that. And so that's where that happened. That's great. Uh, But my favorite is the sea salt and vinegar. Oh, that we sold out because I have them at my shop and we sold out of them and they're. It's just such a, that's such a great flavor combination. It goes, I mean, we, I did salt and vinegar French fries, obviously Ooh. salt and vinegar chips. It's yeah. just, it's so good. I think people don't, people underestimate the importance of acid yeah. in most foods. And I would even argue that acid could be more important than salt in some ways. It, I mean, it, it heightens everything. And I mean, salt obviously brings it out, but a little bit of really good vinegar on a tomato. Yeah. Oh man. No. Yeah. Blow your mind. Uh, but that was, uh, after duck fats and we sit down, uh, as a collective family group and talk about new products. And we know, uh, that salt and caramel go well together, but, Everyone does it, and I'm not one to do what everyone does. We know salt and vinegar go well together. So in my head, I was like, let's do a salt and vinegar caramel. Brought it to the table, and everyone said, man, most of the time, you know, we're behind you this time. Sorry. (laughs) And I said, well, I own the company. So it's going to happen. So we're going to do it. We're going to try it. Uh, And it's now the factory favorite. Like, everything here really happens kind of in reverse. Because when you go back and think about it, it's really we're making a gastrique. We're just adding fat. Interesting. And so it just makes for a very clean caramel. For those of you listening, a gastrique is pretty much a fancy way of saying a sweet and sour sauce. Flavor it however you want. Infuse it however you want. Yeah. Fig, cherry, balsamic, whatever. It's delicious for sure. I want to rewind all the way back. The name, you're not not named Olive or Sinclair. I'm not. You are Scott Witherow. I am. So where your logo is iconic. I mean, I I think I remember seeing somewhere that it won like, coolest or best logo in in the south at some point we have uh i don't remember to be candid 
it just it's got such a cool vibe to it. It just it makes you it makes you want the product before you even know really what the product is. I see it. I'm like, whatever that is, I want it. I want it because it's that. I mean, it's it's a fantastic logo. So where did the name come from? All of this is harebrained ideas. But whenever I started ONS, I wanted it to feel timeless. I love uh, old shit. Sorry for anyone <laughs> listening, but get used to it. <laughs> uh, so old old businesses tend to be two names, kind of like the brains and the money. But Sinclair was a reference to my grandfather. I mean, I grew up with a big green dinosaur. Yeah. They have a gas station? He managed all of them in Tennessee and Mississippi. Uh, And Olive was kind of an arbitrary name, but it ended up being my wife's uh, great aunt's name. Okay. So it worked out. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that, you know, that's pretty much it. How did you get to a point where you wanted to make chocolate for a living? Uh, I got tired of the restaurant industry. It's exhausting. Um, I mean, you've been in it. You know it. You know, it's every night, every weekend, every holiday. Yeah, you called me last night like 7.30, and you're like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm at work. You're like, still at work? (laughs) I was like, yeah, man, I'm cleaning this steak. I got to get it done. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is, <laughs> you know, I can leave it. I mean, and and thankfully to wonderful friends and staff, you know, I, I, I leave it too. Sure. It did not start that way, though. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it was. I, I was here. You were here. Even when you weren't here physically, mentally, you were. Well, that's still the same. Right. You never really fully clock out. No, you can't. And unless you own a business, you can't understand that. Right. It's it's you a know, it's a daily grind for sure. I mean, there there are pros and cons, uh, at least for me, to owning a business, because you know, end of the day, I guess payoffs good, but doesn't come without yeah, sacrifice. Even, even you know, your family doesn't understand that, hey, why are you still on the computer? Why are you still, you know, on the phone? You know, all that kind of stuff. You have two daughters? I do. Two daughters and a beautiful wife. I do. And so. And I'm thankful. Yeah. And you've got a really cool business. My daughters are nuts like me. <laughs> but, but they both skate. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. After high school, you grew up in the Franklin, Columbia area. Yep. Were you a good student in high school? My wife uh, says that I didn't even go to school, (laughs) which I really don't understand uh, how I graduated. (laughs) Uh, Did everyone take chemistry? I did. I did not do well in chemistry. I did well in biology. I did not do well in chemistry. It's got like math and stuff involved. So. 
which is weird because this you in a way are a chemist. Well, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, because food is a science. Absolutely. And and now stuff you know makes sense to me, like. I can't measure stuff in pounds. It's grams. Grams. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, but yeah, but I, you know, I didn't take, uh, what are some of those math courses? Trigonometry, statistics. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, could you tell me what the Pythagorean theorem is? I couldn't even t- say that word. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. I know that I've never used it since high school. Uh, but, yeah. It made you buy a $100 calculator that now is on your phone. The hardest math problem I do is figuring out my taxes. Yeah, I fucking hate that. Yeah, well, two things ain't never going to end, death and taxes. Yeah. I was complaining about my taxes to my mom one year, and she said, <clears throat> nobody's making you make that much money. I was like, oh, well, that's all right. Appreciate that. Well, no, no and uh, my, my dad's the same. He's like, look. You know, if you're paying, that means, means you're, you're making, good. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, as far as high school, uh, I was, I was in art classes. That seems fair. Yeah. Were you a draw? Like, did you like to draw and sketch? I mean, I I just did whatever was in my head, which is two monkeys and a yo-yo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was an art aide. 11th and 12th grade and both years I got out at 11 so I only went to school from 8 to 11. That's a sweet schedule. Yeah and then went you know to Taco Bell. (laughs) Do you still eat Taco Bell? No. Okay good you've made better life choices now. So after high school you go you decide to do what? Uh, Well uh, you know my folks are like you know what do you want to do? I was like, I really want to do, uh, well, while in high school, uh, I worked at the Sizzler. Wow. You know, high class. Very. Uh, and, and so after high school, I was like, I really like working with food. Especially this level of food. Yeah. Uh, which... Got more stories on that. <laughs> oh, uh, but, yeah, so, you know, it's like culinary school would be, you know, what I would love to do. And my dad said, knock yourself out. Meaning, I got to pay for it. Right. What year was this? 90. Six or seven. So the culinary school revolution had not really happened in America yet. No. Yeah. It was not. The Food Network wasn't super prominent. People weren't like. I don't even know if there was a Food Network. It was very minimal. I remember that. But um, there were some cooking shows, but it was not. It was like Emerald, right? Yeah. Bam bam on everything. But there was. It was not the revolution. I don't even know if that was around then. But anyway, he's like, you know. Otherwise, uh, you can, you know, go to college. I'll pay for four years. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to college. So I did uh, and just worked in restaurants. Where'd you go? Uh, MTSU. Oh, yeah. 
That's where I went. Actually, I started at Mem- uh, University of Memphis. Hated it. And Came to Mitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Um, Used to be way smaller. And then I finished that. And uh, still loved working food. And, you know, so my, my folks were like, so what are you going to do now? And I was like, well, I still love working food. And I think I was uh, working in Nashville here. Uh, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Um, that's why you don't do acid, kids. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't exist anymore. What? Acid? No, the, rest, the restaurant that you were at no, when you were in college. Acid still definitely exists. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but still don't do it. Still don't do it. No. Um, but yeah, so... You know, I was like still working in restaurants and, uh, you know, my folks said, what are you going to do now? I said, well, I still want to do food. I said, okay, you know, apply to culinary schools. So I went to Rhode Island and Charleston looking at Johnson & Wales when Johnson & Wales was still in Charleston. Uh you know, got in, yada, yada. Uh, actually had a, an apartment that I, had, I hadn't signed the lease yet for it, but I had the lease on it. Uh, and I love Charleston, still do. But it just didn't feel right. So, and my, my, my folks wanted me to go there instead of, Rhode Island because they wanted me to be closer. Proximity, yeah. Yeah. But I came home and bought a one-way ticket to Europe because I was obsessed with the Europe food scene. Uh, That's not very close to home, Scott. No, it's not. (laughs) What Um, did mom and dad say about that? They weren't happy. Yeah. Uh, But but particularly England, the UK food scene, at least then, was so underrated to me. Uh, so I moved there and ended up going to Le Cordon Bleu. And, you know, I was in Italy for a while, England, France, Switzerland, all over, uh, anywhere I could work. Did you have a hard time navigating those jobs, not speaking the language? No. Why, why do you think that wasn't a struggle? Um, I would think you pl- you plop me down in a restaurant in Italy and I would have a hard time. When someone yells at you, <laughs> you you figure it out. You figure out what you're doing wrong, uh, and and that that was one of the things I loved about uh, like working abroad. Is it they don't hold back. I mean, you can't scream at your no people. No. You'd get sued sideways. Yes. It's not necessarily my personality anyway, but no. but there are there is there's always been 
and it probably wouldn't have been there 20 years ago, but now anytime that you are trying to correct someone, in the back of my mind, I'm like, who has their phone out and is recording this conversation? Oh, yeah. And so it's like, so, hey, your hair looks great. Um, if you could not burn the noodles again, that'd be fantastic. They don't do that over there. Or, I mean, I, I remember getting yelled at at Nobu for slicing uh, chives too big. And I, I mean, they were razor thin, you know, and this guy's like, you know, yelling at me. But end of the day, it was good. Yeah, I man, it makes you better. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's character building. I mean, it's kind of like, and it's probably terrible. And I don't spank my kids for the record. But it's kind of like, I mean, I got my ass whooped. I got spanked twice, and I remember both of them. But I deserved it. Same. I almost burned down my grandparents' farm. Oh, my god! Yeah, I got worn out. I, I didn't touch a lighter for probably 10 years. But you do now. <laughs> well, I have to now. Now I play with torches. Man, it's a totally different, you know, 10-top 10, 10 gas-burning range, but... Uh, yeah, I, I remember it made a it made an imprint, right? And so, I've only spanked my child once, and that's, I, on, that's on record. Yeah, it is for sure. And I don't, I don't, I don't think spanking is bad in in context. I mean, I he had done something, he had stolen something, and it had happened more than once. And I, I, me and my wife were both in the room. We had a conversation about it. It was very intentional. He begged me, and I was I was crying. I mean, I was I was sobbing in front of him before I did it. And it was I understand the whole "this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you" thing, because it was it right. was hard. I mean, I, I get it slashed out because uh, I we've never spanked our girls, even though I mean they're hellions. <laughs> uh, but reverse the conversation. Have you ever stolen? Oh yeah. Did you get your ass whooped? Oh yeah. I so I have four rules in life. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, and don't be lazy. And those are my four rules because I did all those four things for a long time. And so and now I hate them. It's like I used to smoke cigarettes when I was in college. There's almost nothing worse than the smell of cigarette smoke to me now. Because it's I don't know what it is, but after you stop smoking, it just becomes ugh. This is terrible. I mean it's kind of kind of like chocolate i can't smell it really nope this whole place smells like chocolate to me it smells like weed <laughs> and i mean that because we uh we're you're doing some cbd stuff we're doing a lot of it right yeah and now we had this conversation Thirty thousand. is it bars or something of cbd orders a week More than that. That's yeah. an absurd amount. Is it one company? Yeah, and we work with several. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. I mean, it's th weird. It's all weird to me. Everything's. Why is it weird? Again, you're talking to uh, a guy that barely went to high school. 
started this harebrained company and you know now we're you know you know even though we're we're very much under the radar because we're all wholesale to retail really yeah no one in no one in murfreesboro knew who you were when i brought your chocolate into the shop Mm -hmm. and i found that to be incredibly strange like how do you not know what this is it's unbelievable the product is fantastic and i don't care as long as we're you know making Making money. money yeah and and you know the the ONS family is happy. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I'm not. It's not the Scott show, right? For me, but it's not like dumb luck got you here. It's a fantastic product. There might have been some dumb luck involved, but it's good stuff. You've worked your ass off to get here, and so I want to kind of get to that. So you work. You went through culinary school. I don't want you to name drop, but just list some of the places that you have spent time working and learning your culinary foundation. See, I was in Nobu at London, or in London, and this is a fun story. Uh, So, again, I I was a prep guy. I was a commie. And so whatever anyone needs, they yell at me, and I prep it, bring it to them. Uh, one day, uh, the cold app guy called out, and so they're like, Scott, can you do this? You know, and I was like, yeah. You know, so I, I'm like, you know, my head's down. I'm just going as fast as I can. Uh, and I see everyone disappear. And I hear this they've all congregated uh, right in front of me and I, I know the guy's voice but I'm trying to stay focused so afterwards uh, you know every, well my job at the end of the evening which was like one o'clock uh, in the morning was to ice down beer for all the actual chefs. And so I, I did that, brought it out. They get their beers. They're all talking, bragging, you know, uh, showing these things that they've got signed by uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, I was like, that was Paul McCartney? And they're like, yeah, dude, he was right in front of you. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, I, you know, I was like, I was so busy working. You know, didn't I, even pay attention. I didn't, I didn't want to disappoint. So that, that was a fun one. Um, I don't know. I've been at Highlands in Birmingham, Fat Duck uh, in Bray, Alinea in Chicago. Um, I mean, loads of places around Nashville. When I was four, my one of my mom's friends turned 40. And so we went there for her, uh, like, birthday. And 
I remember getting a, like, the dessert was an edible Picasso painting. Wow. And right then, I said, I'm going to be in food. Uh, That's wild that you remember that. I ended up being the pastry chef there for years. Uh, but I also learned that you just buy those in. <laughs> you were making no edible Picasso no, paintings. No, oh, man, all, what a letdown. All you got to do is call Cisco. <laughs> Four-year-old Scott is devastated. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was like three paychecks back. And so left, had to leave there. And there was another small restaurant here in Nashville uh, looking for a line cook. And so I was newly married at the time. Uh, got divorced from that. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm, you know, line cook. The head chef's uh, drinking on the line. So he gets fired. I'm 20 years old. And he's like, hey, can you do this? And I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know how it is. Yeah. You know, at 20 or 21, whatever you know no i'm just trying to learn i'm on the fry station yeah like put me on burgers put me <laughs> on you know whatever but no he's like well i'll give you a 10 grand you know a year increase yes i can do it and i was like yep <laughs> i'm in where's the library yeah i'm, I'm, I'm down so uh yeah so, I don't know. I've been around. Yeah. Which which one, what's been your favorite Nashville restaurant to work for? F. Scott's. I ate there one night when you were working there, back when I was in culinary school when you were my teacher. Hopefully it was good. It was good. And, I, again, I was not, I went to culinary school before I really had a firm foundation and grasp on what food could be. Because, I mean, I was surrounded by Nashville restaurants at the time, which was Houston's. Jay Alexander's, that was like, those were the places in Nashville that were busy. There, you know, I think Deb had done something. Not to, in any way, uh, say anything negative on anyone, uh, but I know whenever I came back from Europe, I don't know if it was the uh, first, second, third time, uh, but I interviewed with Deb at Zola, and she was like 20 minutes, cook something. And I can't remember what I cooked, but apparently it wasn't good. <laughs> Did not get the job. No. No. That's funny. Didn't work out. No. But that's cool, you know. I mean, everything has a purpose. Yeah. When, when did you, what made you want to start teaching culinary school? Nothing. No, yeah, I can't see that being a, a thing that you just wake up and go, nope. I think I'm going to... You were the one guy that nope. didn't fit in the program. But everybody wanted to be in your class. But So, several responses to that. Money. 
Yeah, they're like 35 bucks an hour. It's not bad. You know, so I was like, In yep. 2006, it's not bad. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take it. Uh, second, you know, we get into class, uh, you know, they, they were like, hey, here's, you know, one chicken for four people to break down. You know, and you get a leg, you get a leg, you yeah, get a breast. Par- pardon my language, or don't. But you know, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like kids can't learn how to break down chicken. Watching someone else break down a chicken. Yeah. So, so I went to I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but he was super nice. The guy that ordered. Everything. Yeah, I remember the guy. The, the I remember that guy. I can't think of his name either. But I was like, look. You know, I need, like, four chickens for every kid. Our tuition was also very high. There should have been no problem Uh, getting chickens. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, he did. And so he would order, you know, chickens. And, sure, we had a plethora of, you know, broken down chickens. But, you know, then, you know, you also... We're able to learn to braise and, you know, roast right. and stuff like that. But, yeah, that was weird to me. That that was a an off-putting part of me leaving. Yeah, I mean, so you start, you were there, was it 06 through 07? Or did you leave 08? 08. Okay. And so you're working no, on... No, no. Oh nine. Oh nine. Okay, so you're yeah. I so I actually technically finished and graduated in 08, but they didn't let me walk until 09 because they didn't want to have more than one ceremony. Anyway, they put a bunch of classes together. Cheap. Cheap for a place that by the time I'm done paying off my loans, it's one hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars. Holy shit! And I'm so I graduated in 08. Is this? Am, my, I, am I over? My language. Oh no, you're barrier. good. This is not FCC regulated. Okay. Um, the I don't pay off my loan until 2023. Graduated in 08. I mean, that's like doctor's level yeah. of student loan, and I ain't no doctor. I mean, I'm good with a knife, but I'm not cutting open anybody's brain. So you're working on ONS while you're teaching school. You're also working at F Scotts as a pastry chef. While you're working at school and creating a new business, you're in a new relationship, about to get married. Yeah, and... uh, Did you meet her there? I did. Because she worked at the the business at the other end of the the school, correct? Yeah, so weird. I mean, I got tons of weird stories. (laughs) Uh, But, so she was the one that probably walked you around to show you the facility and and sell you on the school yeah yeah uh and so as you remember the kitchens were you know windows right and so uh i don't know whenever classes started early oh yeah they went all day, too. I mean, they were like five-hour classes. Yeah. So, after teaching for a while, I started seeing this, like, hot 
skinny blonde walk around. You know, so I, I would make sure, I mean, you know, I'm teaching whatever. Uh, but I was always looking for her. And so eventually, you know, I met her. And I don't know if you remember this, but I would get y'all to cook stuff for her. <laughs> I don't remember that. So, like, her lunches were provided <laughs> by the school. And then eventually, like, on my part, you know, I, I saw her desk and, you know, saw pictures of her and her family and stuff. So then, and, and this is um, how many years ago? 13. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, 30 pounds lighter. <laughs> I'm, you look you look nearly the same. Your hair's the same. You look the same. I just cut it. No. Well, it was down to here. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that I cannot imagine. But uh, I walk in you know, one morning, uh, run into her. Super awkward because I'm not a, I don't know, I don't know how to ask girls out but anyway but I do and uh, we started dating got married like eight months later it was fast yeah uh, but I found out uh, after we got married that she had gone to HR which is illegal by the way and found out all my information. Oh, my gosh. So, so she was interested. Yeah. To say the so least. So she was in. Right. Yeah. And and thankfully, she's still with me. And we have two kids. I was telling uh, one of my cooks yesterday a story about you teaching us how to break down a duck one day. And this girl wasn't paying attention. And it was like legs on, feet on, neck on, head on duck. And you <laughs> Propped it up on her shoulder, and you were brushing her cheek with the cloth. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to be in your class, though. You were the you were the, the guy that was not a stick in the mud. You were you were cool. You had had experiences that people were like, "Dude, holy shit, this guy's like done stuff, cooked for people. He's the cool, quirky, fun guy. I want to be in his class." And then there's this rumor that goes around that, dude, did you hear that Scott just like walked out mid semester? What? What was that like? I mean, what? So obviously, Olive and Sinclair had started to. You got the ball rolling. Something had happened that actually hadn't done anything really. Uh, but I just had so much on me that was like I can't be the pastry chef at F. Scott's, teach, and start a business, and. Uh, Rewind, uh, we went to uh, Aria, my wife and I, went to our pastor. Uh, a shout out to the Village Chapel, which is awesome. Went to a gym, our pastor. You know, we're getting marital counseling. You know, he's like, what do you do? And I was like, well... You know, 
I am the pastry chef at F. Scott's. I teach at the Arts Institute. And Which is now closed. Yeah. Thankfully. Bankrupt. And I'm starting my own business. He said one piece of advice. You know, it's like, don't start your business, you know, while you're getting married. You know, he's like, you can't do it. And I said, too late. <laughs> it's already going, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I just ran with it. And we've been very blessed, lucky, and hardworking. So, how did you... Tell me about your stone grinder, right? You're, you've got this thing. Where did it come? What country did it come from? So this is a weird story again. Yeah, lay it on me. Um, so we started out with a, a Molino, which is a Mexican-style stone yep, grinder. It's what uh, Edgar uses for his uh, nixtamalized yeah. corn to make his tortillas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I could afford at the time. But – the melangers that we have now is what I've always wanted. Uh, and believe it or not, but I swear to God, this guy from Spain emails me out of the blue. Doesn't know you. Nope. I, I don't know him. Uh, said, I, I heard you were looking for a melanger. Here's a picture. It's all in pieces. But I, I promise you, all the parts are there. You know, are you interested? You know, and I, I see Melon back, and I was like, yeah. You know, what do you want? He didn't want much. So I was like, I'm going to take a chance. So bought it. He said, I'll email you whenever the cargo container or whatever is, is set up. Came across on a big ship, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, this told me that there still are good people in the world. Because he, he emails me and said, look, I told you all the pieces are there. They're not. He said, but, you know, I can refund you or I can, you know, find another one. I think I can. I was like, well, yeah, just find another one. Uh, so months go by. He emails me, found another one. You know, it's all intact. Uh, this is quite a process. Oh, yeah. It's not like going on Amazon. No. Prime delivery tomorrow. No. This is months. Yeah, you're a patient man. And this is before I have to redo the whole thing. Uh, but, yeah, so it sends me a picture and of one, but there was another one behind it. And so I emailed him back. You know, I'm like, hey, I know you said one, but I see two. He's like, oh, yeah, well, there's two. If you want the other one, same price. Uh, and so I was like, you know, I mean, I think it was like a couple grand a piece. I mean, that's before refurbish and all that. Uh, So, yeah, so we bought them both. Uh, But, but yeah, one's uh, Spanish from Spain and one's from France. 
And so it just grinds the whole bean down? Yep. That's all. I mean, that's all we use. Uh, it's kind of like an olive oil press where it, it pushes fat out, but then remixes with the cacao solids. Uh, and then we add uh, pure cane brown sugar, and that's it. We don't, we don't use emulsifiers, thinning agents, uh, any of that. In fact, I'm a, a tightwad, <laughs> and, and I do shop at Kroger. Yeah. I mean, because we have to. Right? Yeah. I don't always need a 40-pound case of cauliflower. Yeah. Sometimes I need two. Yeah. Uh, but And plus they give you gas points. I walked by yesterday, uh, probably buying shout out to Yazoo Beer slash Pale Ale. Mm. Uh, Yazoo's great. Uh, but uh, they had a new like you know stand of another chocolate, and so I looked at it, and cacao wasn't even an ingredient. Nope. What are they making it out of? I don't know. It was like cocoa powder was in it. Right. But not actual chocolate. No. I don't think we would be surprised, but I think most people would be surprised when they start digging into what's actually in the food that they're eating. It's probably not what they think it is. No. You know, a lot of times I'll see stuff in like the first ingredients, water. I'm like, you're paying for 80% water. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, that guy's making bang. Oh, absolutely, because you know, chocolate's expensive. Yeah, or girl. Yeah, Either guy way. or girl. So how did you, you know, 10, 12 years ago, how do you figure out the process of doing this? I mean, are there, is YouTube just riddled with these videos on how to break down a cocoa bean and make pressed chocolate that's consistent every time? I have no idea. <laughs> came to you in a dream uh no i actually read books yeah about it and they really made no sense to me um read them you know five times and eventually i figured out you've got to reduce particle size of the cacao right have to have the cocoa butter which is part of the cacao, and you gotta have a sweetener. Um, most books tell you about emulsifiers or thinning agents, like less than that. Um, but if you've ever looked at less than, I mean, it looks like, you know, an 80 year old's. Smoker's lung. I mean, it's gross. Right. Uh, and then, so yeah, so I just kind of pieced it together. And then uh, a lot of things work backwards for us. So, for, you know, I knew we had to have a, a sweetener. And it was a, just a, a southern knee jerk reaction to use brown sugar, pure cane brown sugar. Yes, it is, uh, no animals are involved with sugars that we buy. Um, but it, but it turned out 
to work because because of the molasses content, you get a slower sweet warm up. So you don't get that just up front, you know, sugar. Yeah, your chocolate is not overly sweet. So, yeah, it's kind of a slow warm up. Um, it's not like a Hershey's milk chocolate. It's nothing like that at all. Hopefully not. No. Uh, but anyway, but I mean, that's how we got started. And then the next product was, I think, our bourbon brittle. And uh, the guys at Corsair, who their main facility is in Kentucky, but they were moving one here, and we're all friends. Yeah, they have some really good gin. I mean, everything they do is yeah, great. I haven't had anything else. I'm not a gin person. It depends on the gin. Some of it's way too actually, botanically. I like, actually, I like slow gin. Like a slow gin fizz? I just like slow gin on its own. Oh. Uh, but anyway, but they, they had come by uh, our old factory, which was about 1,000 square feet, maybe. Um, and they were like, hey, uh, you know, we just emptied, I think it was 12 barrels. Do you want them? And I was single. And so I was like, yeah. Uh, so we brought them in and I thought you were going to say you put them in your apartment. Well, no, no, no. That, that was the idea. You oh, know, okay. I was like, Hey, I can use these as kitchen like, tables, end tables. Yeah. <laughs> and, but some of the guys at work are like, you know, man, you've got so much crap in here. What are we going to do with these? I was like, I don't know. Uh, fill them with cacao. And so we did forgot about them. And like, I don't know, several months later, we opened them up and then realized that, you know. You just made infused chocolate. Well, cacao's 50% fat. So that fat. Draws it in. Drew everything in from that barrel. That's wild. Uh, You're like the guy that invented penicillin. Like total freak accident, but holy shit, look what we've just stumbled onto. And I wish I made penicillin. <laughs> well, I'm allergic to it, so it really doesn't matter to well, I, me. I mean, I don't even know what it does. But. <laughs> Apparently, I think it would kill me, but it might save other people. But, yeah, but did that. And then uh, one of the things that we're super proud of uh, is our smoked brittle. So, like, getting out of the restaurant industry, the first thing I missed was going by the saute station and grabbing a handful of Benton's mm. bacon. Yeah. This stuff I mean, is super smoky. Oh, yeah, it is. But super good. Oh, it's delicious, but I, I mean, that smell stays on your fingers for a long time. Oh, yeah. That's great. But grabbing a handful of Lardons or whatever. That'd I mean, that, that was $5. my... $5. That was my lunch for years. Uh, and so I call Alan... And I, when I first started buying uh, Allen's Benton, uh, bacon, guess how much? How much per weight? Per pound. Oh, price? Yeah. So this is, this is what, 10 years ago or less? Go. 
Way longer. Way longer. So I'm gonna go five ninety five a pound, six bucks a pound. Dollar ninety nine. Oh my god! And now it's ten. At least. Yeah, he's he's high dollar bacon for sure. I mean, you got David Chang repping him. You got Sean repping. Him. I mean, everybody's throwing out Benton's bacon, but he's. But it's the best. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's super incredible. I mean, at least to me, it's the best. It's got a lot of flavor. Uh, but so I call him. And we just start buying whole bellies. And, you know, we divvy it up amongst uh, the crew here. And this is back when he would answer the phone. Because uh, he do not have to now. Called him. We, we buy whole bellies. Uh, and one day he said, hey, Scott, I heard you got out of the food at, uh, restaurant business. I said, yes, sir. I heard you're in the chocolate business. Yes, sir. He said, well, you ought to send me, and he called them cocoa beans, but you don't correct your elders. Nope. So I said, yes, you know, sir. <laughs> heck yeah. So send them to him. Months went by, uh, didn't hear, so called to order some more stuff. That way I could politely say, hey, you know, how are them cocoa beans doing he said well it's funny you uh called me today because i actually uh sent them back to you yesterday um he said so you ought to get them you know anytime he said but i gotta be honest with you i don't know the smoke took and here in a minute i'll let you smell it but if you've ever uh bought Benton's before. Oh, yeah. The second the uh, UPS man walks in. You can smell it. You know the smoke took, and that's how this is. I had some delivered, man, I guess two or three years ago when we first started using it, Dallas and Jane, and it was, you touch the package. Oh, yeah. And your hands are smoky. I mean, it just, it just, your whole body just smells like his smokehouse. It's insane. I don't know that you could you could put stainless steel in that smokehouse and it would come out smelling smoky. Yeah, it's pretty insane. No, and uh, uh, Jason and some of the other guys, they would actually hang the the smoke bag on their rearview mirror <laughs> so that their car smelled like that. Ben's bacon yeah. car. That's pretty intense. Do you remember your first year in sales? Yeah. How was that? Did you think, man, I'm on to something? Again, I, I lean on my dad a lot. You know, while, as you know, you know, starting a business, the pressure, I mean, even now, is, yeah. is intense. But my dad was like, you're good. You know, like, you know, focus on cash flow. And so, yeah. But, no, I remember it. Uh, but it was good. I mean, it's better now. <laughs> I would say so. I was reading a magazine. It was an article from, like, Gwyneth Paltrow. And it, she was repping your chocolate. That was two months after I started. I remember that. I remember reading that, and I was like, 
he's about to blow up. It was weird. It was very weird. I mean, I'm just reading. A, what magazine was that in? Do you remember? Was it Bon Appetit? Could have been. Because she's got cookbooks. I mean, she's a, a yeah. cook, apparently, and loves to do that. But they're talking about Gwyneth's favorite things. And she's like, I love this from New York, and I love this from this. And my favorite chocolate's Olive and Sinclair from Nashville. And I was like, holy shit, Scott. Yeah, How no, did that happen? No, I don't even know. <laughs> I really don't. Did anybody ever reach out to you about that? I would imagine. Mm. Did you, do you think your sales increased at all after that? Yes. Yeah, I would imagine. But yeah, that was that was really, and still is a weird part of uh, ONS. Uh, like that happened, then you know it's like Southern Living, uh, you know, yada yada. Uh, another funny story antic. Uh, the Wild Boar. Oh yeah, was the restaurant that I was trying to. Oh God, on Second Avenue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's I, I ended up being pastry chef there. No, that wasn't on Second Avenue. That was uh. No, it's a, off Twenty First. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. But uh, anyway, when I left there, uh, it did come back to you though. You said it. You called it. You're like, it'll come to me. Yeah. I figured you'd wind up texting me about 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, or, or 3 o'clock in the morning. In the morning, yeah. Um, at, like, shortly after we started ONS, uh, Food and Wine called. And they're like, hey, can you come to New York to do a dinner? Which, I, I mean, we had done, or I had done numerous times. And... I always loved it, but I'm going to New York to do a dinner with Tandy Wilson uh, from City, City House, House. Uh, and Kelly from Memphis. I had left uh, the Wild Boar, gone to this small restaurant. Again, the guy's like, can you be head chef? Sure. Or actually, no, then sure. Uh, and he was like, well, you can hire a sous chef or a co-chef or whatever you want. Okay. So I interviewed folks. And I remember uh, this tall, lanky, long, long-haired, curly-haired guy coming in. So I'm talking to him, you know, what have you done? Where have you been? I've been in Italy for the last however long. And I thought to myself, I'm not hiring this guy. He'll cook me out of a job. So anyway, so uh, we get to New York and, you know, I'm doing the dessert stuff. So, right, I mean, that's more or less done. Right. Uh, and so it's like, hey, Tandy, um, Whatever prep you want, just give me a list. I can knock it out. So he gives me a list. And we're standing beside each other. And he was like, hey, by the way, do you remember interviewing me? And I thought, oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. 
you know, like, <laughs> like I, I actually did interview like one of the guys that I admired the most in this town. Yeah, but he had hair. Well, he still does. Yeah, it's partial. Partially there. But That's he's, hilarious. But he's looking good. He's a very talented man. I man, he is. And a very humble man. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a. Uh, City I mean, House is great. I mean. You don't see much turnover. No. And he's got a pretty solid pastry person as well. Oh, yeah. I would say she's made – Rebecca has made one of the best desserts I've probably had in Nashville in 10 years. Agreed. And and she also is such Super a humble, nice. great person. Yeah, that the, her cakes are just unreal. Oh, you can't beat them. No, that's the, – the, the texture well, – I, I would love to see her and Lisa Donovan Oof. go head to head. Because you can't down. I mean, uh, Rebecca's wonderful, but you can't downplay Lisa. No, she's incredible. I, I got to work with her at Husk. Uh, she got really mad at me one day because I, I think I took her measuring spoon. She's like, don't take my shit, boy. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back down to my the yeah. stable. I'm going to be back down I'm here. Out. And I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go down here in the stables and just prep my prep my uh, pimento cheese. <laughs> Please don't yell at me ever again. She, and she's like all self-taught, you know? I mean, yeah. she she just wanted she wanted to be this person, and she, she made it happen. And now she's got a book, and, I mean, she's – there's a lot of really powerful, powerful women in this town. That do great what? things. And wonderful. Uh, I mean, and guys. I mean, you Oh, know. yeah. Nashville's ripe with talent. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt. It's, uh. I mean, and you're included yeah, in this. Little, little south, but I, you know, I still feel like, you know, I was talking to Alex Harrell the other day and even, uh. Megan Thompson yesterday from Boston, and they all have, you know, Megan's worked at James Beard award-winning places. Alex was Food and Wine's Best Chef of 2016. All these people have accolades, and they still said, you know, the people that I look up to and that I respect and that I admire, I still feel like a small guy from, from like, Dothan, Alabama. I just, mm -hmm. I can't compare myself, and I've often and still feel the same way. It's like I'm playing in the minor leagues I'm in high school baseball, and I'm watching all these people play in the major league baseball. And it's just – I think that's the way you regard yourself in a lot of ways. I think that's the best way to look at life. I mean, to me. I think you just can't – you can always – if you realize that you're not the smartest person in the room, that there's always something that you can learn from everybody. you got to be. I mean, there's – I've learned things from my 19-year-old hostess before, you know? Yeah. She's, she's teaching me things about TikTok I didn't even know existed. I even know what the fuck. <laughs> You're not missing TikTok out on anything, I promise. TikTok is. You're not missing out. So what's the future look like? Uh, I mean, just, we're, you know, we've rebranded. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, major CBD contracts. Did that happen organically? Like, did they find, did they come to you? Yeah. That's how most things go. Yeah. Um, Is that, can you find that in Nashville? It's all over. All over. Is it branded with your brand or do they kind of rename it? It's co-branded. Okay. On the back. Um, but yeah, but the, 
Tennessee harvesters, I mean, they're, they're doing huge numbers. and You had to buy a new machine for the volume of CBD chocolate that you're making, correct? Yeah. yeah. So that was like a $30 KitchenAid thing on Amazon? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was about, I don't even know what time. Yeah, like 100000 Wow. So equipment in the chocolate world is not cheap. No, not like uh, when ONS started out, you know, I thought that if I had a something that made a hundred pounds that, you know, if I'm doing a hundred pounds a week, you know, times, I don't know, what are our bars, 750? Mm-hmm. You know, that's it, two and a half ounces. Like, I'm looking good. Right. And again, uh, my my dad was like, you know, buckle up. How many pounds of beans are you going through a week? About a thousand. Oh, my God. So 52,000 pounds of cocoa beans a year. That's in the slow season. Wow. Like once we get to fourth quarter. Oh, holidays. Yeah. It's bad Kills news. It. Will you bring out like the what the peppermint bark, cherry bombs? Yep. Yeah, all that stuff is delicious. Uh, it's always fun to just to do seasonal stuff. We've got a new like limited edition bar where we try stuff out. Um, and if something really sells you know, we move it into uh, production. Actually, we're, or, or I'm uh, talking to Brock about doing like our own version of a Nestle Crunch bar with Carolina Gold oh rice. My, oh my God, that would be fantastic. But wouldn't that be fun? Uh, yes. That would be uh, amazing. And, and it's just, you know, I mean, I love the guy, and he's been good to me, so good to me. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It that, was just that would be fun. another harebrained idea. That sounds awesome. But I, like, I text Sean. I wish you had one of those now. And he was like, heck, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. All right, I got uh, a few questions for you. What's, Do it. What's been the hardest obstacle to overcome? In life? In, in this business? Um, There's too many in life to name. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. How long it's you like got? Pandora's <laughs> box. No, just in, at O&S. Um, probably too many to name, but uh, employees can be hard. Not right now. Because um, we tend to act as a family. But occasionally you get that crazy Uncle Jerry. Yeah. That, you know, is doing drugs or whatever while at work. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, we got hit by the tornado. So that's that last year. Yeah, yeah. that was a, a, a big setback. Um, and then COVID. Which did, did COVID affect your sales? It did. I mean, it affected everyone yeah well not jeff bezos well it did affect jeff bezos but in a really good way 
I don't know who that is. He owns Amazon. He made $75 billion last year. All right, well, give me like a tenth of that. <laughs> I Googled his, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. They were talking about his yacht. It's 500 feet long. And his yacht has a support yacht in case his yacht breaks down. What? Yeah. You should Google it when you get the chance. It's unreal. See, shout out uh, to my probably best friend, uh, Dan Williamson. You're like him. Like, he is so nosy <laughs> and wants to know, <laughs> like, everything about everyone, which which I love about him. It's just so interesting to see how some people live. And you're, I mean, I've never even – I've never seen a yacht with my own two eyes, like, in person. I've Googled them. I've seen them yeah, on the Internet. But I neither. I'll never be in that world. No. And, I mean, for this – I don't want to be in that world. The boat costs $500 million. That's just give me like five million and and, yeah. I'm, and I'm done. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll close up shop. Like, I'll just pay off everything, you know, that I need to. Yeah, we're moving to Jackson Hole if I get five million, and that's it. I'm gonna open a little biscuit store right at the base of the Grand Tetons, and we're just gonna live there. I'm yeah yeah we're closed we're yeah. done. <laughs> Has scaling been tough for you? How do you plan that process? Just kind of one thing after another, one foot in front of the other? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, – I never really expected ONS to do as well as it's done. Um, but, you know, I, you know, explained to, you know, Jason and Paige and all of my fellow workers, like, we kind of got figured out part of the time you know like going from I mean we have our own caramel line but then we had which you know they sell every day but then we had 10,000 a week to the line how are we going to do this and to keep it consistent and then it's 30 but we did try to, uh, like, private label and have someone else do them. And no joke, uh, within the week, we had folks come in here and say, like. Not as good. They're not the same. Yeah. It's so, so weird like, what happens when you give 20 people the same recipe, you'll get 20 different recipes. Yeah. There's just something about, I mean, it's your knowledge. It's your baby. It's, you got the foundational skill set for it. So, anyway, to answer your question, like, like kind of like uh, with the caramels, um, you know, we're having to buy a wrapping machine because right now they're all hand-wrapped, and we can't keep up with, like, all of our bars. Initially, I really want to do it, like, the old-fashioned way to where it was, like, like that die fold and, like, just a band around it, like yep. the old-school... Hershey bar, um, but now we have a flow wrapper that does, you know, I don't know, 2,000 in three minutes. Wow. That's fast. And so we're able to cut out 
you know, that part of the labor. And people can come and take tours of this place. Oh, yeah. And they can see the whole thing happen. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty cool. All right. Um, three things that you could not live without. Uh, my wife, my kids, my parents. Solid list. Two things you use every day. Probably a bad answer. There are no bad answers. Oh no! It's your list. Uh, my truck and Yazoo Pale. <laughs> Those are solid answers. That's a good old country boy answer, but, right no, there. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like instead of like medication. Yeah. Like that's my. Hey, I'm done with work. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to have a Yazoo Pale. And Yazoo makes great beer. I'm a big fan of their Dos Peros. I'm a Pale Ale. Yeah. All day. I like Pale Ales. I cannot handle IPAs at all. Um, however, I will I'm say. i over them. Um, Bearded Iris, their IPA is actually really good. The home style. Yeah. It's good. It's got that whole like grapefruit, tropical fruit kind of thing going. Yeah. It's not like a hop fest in your mouth. Yeah. Single best piece of advice you've ever been given. I imagine it might come from your dad, but I could be wrong. It is my dad. Uh, pigs get fat. Hogs get slaughtered. Mm, interesting. But isn't that, I mean, I mean. There's a lot of ways for your brain to just take that. Especially over the years. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of. I mean, it makes sense to me now, like, over the years. You know, it's like, you know, that's too good to be true, and you got a good thing going. Right. Don't be greedy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's mine. Sounds like a smart man. How often do you talk to him? Every day. Every day. Yeah. That's amazing. I only hope I can have that relationship with my boys. Uh, I'm working on it. So, uh, my folks, again, another, I mean, I feel like I'm a granddad. Uh, <laughs> You're an old soul. But my folks live down the road, so my life is semi, everyone loves Raymond. I was about to, I was about to say it sounds like everybody loves Raymond, but they, you enjoy when they come over. Most of the time. <laughs> Uh, but for, and, and my wife, I, hell, she might leave me for this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, the back of our house is mostly windows, kind of like the shop where we're at now. Right. Uh, and for whatever reason, which is, I can't explain. She's completely naked walking through like the living area slash kitchen and she looks over and my dad's <laughs> peering in the window <laughs> and so she turns around you know and runs you know puts a towel on or whatever immediately calls uh the local blind store yeah well no <laughs> But, you know, she goes and answers the door, and my dad's like, I didn't see anything. 
<laughs> and I'm sure she didn't say it, but I'll say it. You know, she was like, bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, so, oh, but man. yeah, but we talk all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's great that you have him to lean on, though. Oh, yeah. And my wife and my mom, I mean, and me talk all the time. But yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. To me, as a parent, it's the only way to be. Yeah. I mean, it's actually why I choose or chose not to work for him. It's because I want to be relationship, yeah. And not, you know. Muddy the waters. Yeah. If you had any advice to give anybody that wanted to go into business for themselves, what would it be? That's a hard one. Because, one, there's nothing like working for yourself. But, two, there's nothing like working for yourself. Like, it's, it's all in your hands. Yeah, it's scary when you're used to drawing a paycheck from someone and then you realize that you are the paycheck creator. Yeah, and, and like we talked about earlier, like, when you're at a job... You get to walk away. When you own it, you wake up in the middle of the night. You know, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you know, is... Think about work. Yeah. That being said, uh, I'm looking at starting more stuff. Look at you. Care to tell me what it is? But we don't want to talk about that on the air. <laughs> I'll tell you about it off the air. And with that, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> Scott, I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right, bro. Now that this podcast is over, you've got the hard part of waiting another week until the next episode drops. However, if you would like to be a sponsor or you are a business or a person that would like to get involved with this podcast and the success of it, feel free to email me at alex at alexbelew.com. That's alex at alexbelew.com. It doesn't cost as much as you think, and you may reach some people that you've never met before. Appreciate it.